0: This is the BBC.
1: This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.
0: You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. Today we welcome someone who's enjoyed huge success as a comedian, as an actor, a writer, a director, as a comedian... You'll have seen him on programmes like Mock the Week. As an actor, you'll recognise him as Ollie Reader in the political satire, The Thick of It. And he was also in the spin-off film, In the Loop. He created, uh, or co-created at least, the BBC sitcom Lab Rats and the parental comedy Breeders. And he's now an award-winning director working on HBO, the sitcom Veep, films like The Hustle and Hallelujah. And, of course, it's Chris Addison, and oh, well. it's lovely to have you here, Chris. An abs-
1: I can't tell you what an honour it is to be here. It's <laughs> well, a, a genuine career highlight. That's Thank lovely,
0: and I'm, despite I'm afraid it is a bit you know, sort of sealed off. You're in a sort of a little little sort of perspex cage in there. I'm sorry about it's, that. It's
1: fine. It's fine. I, I understand the protocols. I'm happy to jump through any hoops to sit here with you <laughs> and look in this glorious place.
0: Well, that's nice, and I mean. Given you know, ignore what's to our sides. I mean, is this more or less what you expected to see of a Test match special? Box the
1: times that you've sat and listened and thought and you know, put yourself in into this place. Yes, I think so because whenever we see little video clips of you of you guys, we only we're looking sort of backwards into the box, I yeah. suppose. Uh, but yes, this is the most glorious view I've ever had at, at a at a Test ground. It's a, it's quite a job. Do they pay you as well,
0: or do you just? Well, occasionally. I mean, obviously it's, it's the BBC and times are tight. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, But no, they they do. And I mean, I mean, yes, of course you have to pitch yourself. Don't you? Because wherever we go uh, to, to commentate on cricket, or most places where we go, you end up with more or less a view like this. Because actually, it'd be quite tricky to do it without, <laughs> without a view
1: like this, because you've yeah. got to try and see everything. Yes. How much are you using what's in front of your face, and how much are you using sort of ancillary uh, screens? That's a good question.
0: Stuff. Okay, so you always, and even we're doing television as well, you always look out, yeah. So commentate live. Yeah, and then yeah, we've got a couple of screens. there's A screen to your left where we get oh, yes. replays and stuff. We get a screen in front of us here if the producer gets across and, and tells us something to <laughs> to shut up or something or, or emails whatever that
1: comes up on there. But no, generally you're looking out.
0: Yeah, because you want to talk about what's going on. Yes,
1: all around, don't you? So yeah.
0: this is this your sort of home ground? then? Yeah,
1: very much so. The no. Oval is um, is the is the place where I've come most to watch Test cricket and uh, and any sort of cricket actually, which is peculiar for somebody who grew up in Manchester, but um, in fact, I've never been to Old Trafford, shamefully. Oh. But, um, but yeah, the, the Oval, I've been coming here for many, many years with Zaltzman uh, amongst, amongst other people. <laughs> oh yes, I saw fact. a note that you, you've you worked with Andy Zaltzman, haven't you? Andy and I worked, when did we first work together? 20 years ago? I think it's 20 years ago. In fact, I was thinking the other day that it's, we would have had the conversation about um, making our radio show about... Twenty years ago this month, because it was when we came back from the Edinburgh Festival doing separate shows at the Edinburgh Festival in two thousand and one, and we were backstage at some awful gig, some awful student gig somewhere. <laughs> I feel it was <laughs> Kingston University, because uh, and um, and we were talking about uh, doing something political, and we, en- yeah, right. we ended up doing a radio show. Uh, jo- uh, Andy and John Oliver and I uh, ended up doing three series of a radio show for, for on Radio Four, political show. So yeah, that's twenty years ago, I think. Did you talk obsessively about cricket then? Yes. Yeah. Stat- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can remember so we used to meet at andy 's house and, and to, to write. In the kitchen, and I can remember amongst many uh, distractions uh, that we had over the time. I can remember buying Andy a a, um, a wisdom cricket quiz book for your birthday, right? And uh, <laughs> and we got we got no work done. What I did, what I <laughs> discovered on, on that particular day was uh, you were very good on Australia, almost impossible. To, like ev- he knew everything about any game that England had played against Australia. Pretty good on India. Everything else was shaky. Oh, I remember that. Well, that was uh, but we'll
0: everything We'll try, try and try and catch him up because actually didn't you come here and watch cricket with him Yes, yes.
1: well we, we I mean we've I've got many memories of, of being here with with Andy I remember being here for Alex Stewart's last test when we on that on that Monday. Uh, I can remember being not that far from where we're sitting now. I guess just just down sort of down to our right, okay. uh, watching South Africa the day before that. I think, and and Andy getting increasingly furious because we were right next to the Barman army, and they were getting louder <laughs> oh, and right. louder. And he doesn't like that because this should be here to watch the cricket, quite right. <laughs> uh, and uh, but but he and I and my friend Anshman, who is here today as well, um, sitting over there by the by the players' balcony. Uh, we we planned we joined surrey and planned to be here for the final test of the 2005 oh ashes. wow okay. so all, so we came to all five days of the of oh. the 2005 final test so you lived test. it we lived it we lived that and it, i think of that test often in terms of um just uh Every session was up and down, wasn't it? No, every it single was. session. It was of that exhausting. Test. It was yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Um, and I think I think of that often. So we, um, yeah, we, we came to all five days. We had guests join us, didn't we? Uh, every now and then, my wife, who's uh, here as well, she she came and. Uh, but the three of us came to all five days. Where it was you, like where an eighteen you that? month. We were we were all over the place. We were sort of mostly we were over by the what, what is the near, now the new stand. Yes. Over there. Um, we were sort of around that around that kind of area. I do remember Andy taking his sun hat off and the Australian fans singing, does Paul Simon know you're here? <laughs> <Do> you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, you do get a little bit of banter, <laughs> don't you? But that, that
0: last day, it was a day that, that no one here will, will ever forget. Oh, I don't it think. We, we, we were sitting here, obviously. Uh, so, you, again, we've got this amazing view behind where you'd have been. Everyone... Hanging out of the windows and clinging to chimney pots yeah, and yeah. stacks and hanging out of the school
1: and all the way around. Do you, do you remember all, all that? Yeah, On the absolutely. Up there. Absolutely. I remember all of that. I've got very clear memories of... Um, I've got very clear memories of Peterson going in, I think, the second innings because it was... I was listening... I, you'll have to forgive me. I was listening to Richie Benno because it was his last... That's fair enough. It was his last commentary no, in fine. this in this country. And that, And the moment that he was... Swapping over, I think for the final time was was Peterson's Peterson's wicket. So that's really drilled into my head. But yeah, I remember I remember an awful lot. Of, I remember uh, the ashes being dropped, the shelling of the catch, yeah. and all of that. Yeah, the drop catch.
0: Um, ironically, Shane Warne. Yeah, ironically Shane Warne. You dropped yeah. the ashes, mate.
1: Yeah. Uh, all of that. Uh, it, it was a it was a remarkable a remarkable Test match because it was everything that people who don't like cricket, um, every, all of the sort of cliches about cricket being boring, things not happening, you know, low run. It was all the opposite mm. of the uh, whole of, series like that. was. The whole series, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we rewatched. oddly enough, I think possibly maybe I was subconsciously doing it in preparation for coming in here, but I am um, we, we rewatched a, a highlights program the other day of, of the of the of that series and I'd sort of forgotten how I can remember actually being I remember that Edge Baston test. Andy and I were were, were in Edinburgh at the at the fringe doing our doing our shows and I can remember being in my f- in my flat on my knees on the on the carpet in fr- just right in front yeah. of the uh, of the television begging begging them to take the wicket yes that's one of my key memories yeah. of that and I also remember we were doing the thick of it at that at that time right and we were it was just at the beginning of the thick of it actually that was the first year that we, we did it and the way that we that we did that show we did th- we sort of filmed three episodes in January because the reason we did three episodes was uh, Armando Iannucci, who made the show, had had, um, had been given enough money for a pilot episode. And he went, I can't show you what you need to see in, a, in in half an hour. So he sort of begged and borrowed and stole what he could and stretched it all out to make three episodes. Um, and then they did OK. So they, they, they asked us back. So the next time we went back, it was I remember going to the rehearsal rooms, which were in North Acton. There's these... In, in these quite famous rehearsal rooms um, which all, you know, Doctor Who in the old days used right. to rehearse at everything. Every BBC drama you ever saw used to rehearse at these room, these rehearsal rooms. Gone now. But um, I remember going there and um, James Smith who played Glenn and Chris Langham who played Hugh were massive cricket fans. Everybody else couldn't give a, <laughs> you know, rats. They just couldn't. Uh, but I can remember being going there the morning of that first Lord's test where it felt like we no. were in control, do yep. you remember? Yeah, I do. It felt like we were totally in control. It felt like a completely different thing. Like we had been rebuilding for the last couple of years and everything from that sort of South Africa series in 2003 that Andy and I came to, all of that onwards have felt like a rebuilding of the, of the team. And uh, <laughs> I remember going into the rehearsal room going, this is it, this is it, and then coming out. Checking my phone and going, this is this is not no, it. Not this is not it. Well, somebody in the background must uh, must like TMS
0: on the thick of it because my commentary with Jim Maxwell from Australia yeah. was used yeah. as a as a sound backdrop. Was it Julius sitting yeah. thoughtfully in his whatever committee room That's he was right, in or something? Yeah. And there had, right. had Jim and I were commentating in the background, so I thought, yeah, you know, it's not often you get on yeah. it, on, on something like that, and well, it was a nice thoughtful piece of.
1: Commentary. I don't, I don't think anything was happening particularly. It was just there as that
0: sort of back soundtrack. I, lo-
1: I love that that, that that sort of that slightly because Julius, as a figure in the thick of it, is a somewhat uh, he's a bit esoteric, isn't he? He's, yes, a bit he of a, he's a thinker and all of those kinds of things. And I love that through the night, through a panicky night, he was listening People to the listen especially. So <laughs> well with the world. <laughs> yeah. Did you play?
0: Because you cause you, yeah, you, went to Manchester Grammar. I did, yeah. Which is a serious, I a couple of serious players come from yeah, there. Adderton
1: uh, came from there. Yeah. And, and Crawley. Crawley, yeah. I, I haven't seen the name Addison no, you, what, what happened? You not have done. I was, and this is. This sounds like it's a lie, I guess not. I promise you, it isn't. I was not allowed to play cricket because I was. What's so yeah. So here's what happened. When I was in, in my first two terms, at uh, uh, master grammar, uh, I, you know, we played football and rugby. Or, what, you know, that, those were the games that were being played. I didn't, I didn't play them. I didn't play them at all well because I'm extremely bad at all sport. Right. Uh, and also a, a coward. And so, you know, so, the, so these con- contact sports, rugby particularly, terrified me. Didn't play it very well. And when it came to the summer term, what they did was they took, so it's a boys' school, and they took, every class was about 30 boys or so. Which is enough for what? That's enough for two teams plus eight unfortunate job
0: You yes, was the last to be picked that's right yes. so
1: what and what they did was they 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 sort of picked 22 boys out of each of those classes in, as i recall and it, but instead of sort of agglomerating the eight pathetic remainders mm. and forming you know other cricket teams out of out of them they gave us a, a special game to play because we weren't <laughs> to be trusted with cricket they made up a game for us to play so they played it was, it was so it was what sort of a game? No, it's called <laughs> it was called Puddux. It was called Puddux, and right. it was and it was, it was sort of based on a on a on a cricket it sounds pitch. Sounds like a Harry Potter game, Doesn't sort of it called. though? Yes, do, it does. Doesn't it? I believe it's it's spelt Podex, which zoltzman has gone, but he's he's a classicist, so he'll know. I believe it's a rude Latin word, <laughs> and and this it sounds so horrific, doesn't yes, it? It, sounds, it does. I mean, uh, but, and it was played on a on a pitch that was slightly shorter than a cricket pitch and with a with a sort of the kind of ball that wasn't going to hurt anybody and i remember it being played in the fields over the road you know we were we were not allowed near the school they we had to go in the playing right. fields oh, like, like, I always felt like they were basically hoping that one or two of us would be taken by cars, <laughs> you know, like natural selection <laughs> in was rather humiliating, isn't it? it was wildly humiliating, yes. made much worse by the fact that those particular um, playing fields were shared with the girls' school over the road. So the only specimens of manhood those poor women, young women, saw as they developed was these sort of wheezing, knock-kneed, pigeon-chested, you know, kids with a, yeah. <laughs> with a patch over their eye all of us playing you know, products puddock. it was genuinely pathetic so i was never allowed oh, that's terrible. to play cricket <laughs> well Can they still play it though They're still going on do you know what i, I must find out yeah. I'm, I'm still in contact with my my old um, my old teacher richard kelly there so i will I'll, i will ask him if it if it still exists. But oh. yeah, it was it was wildly humiliating. So you were, but you all the time were desperate. To, you just wanted to play cricket. Well, I'd have loved to play cricket. And I, I can I can remember then um, my friend Bob, who was a who was a big cricketer uh, saying, well, look, I'll just take this take, take, take this bat, and I'll just I'll put a couple of balls at you. And I was thinking, fine, this will be fine. I had no concept of how hard or how fast <laughs> okay. that ball would be. Uh, and I think he b- he bowled a couple of balls at me and I thought, I might have missed my opportunity. I to think maybe <laughs> product, products is the way to <laughs> Maybe go. that's oh. the way
0: for me. So how did the love then develop? If you, if, you, if you didn't play it, I mean, you you were into the game by then, though, were, you? were you watching it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think... Supporting um,
0: Lancashire, maybe? I don't supporting know. Lancashire, right, they yeah. Were my team yeah. Yeah. as well. The yeah. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I suspect probably a, a different generation of... <laughs> Of cricket, oh, than yours. Possibly.
1: So, what, what year are we talking? What sort of time? I suppose this would be the kind of early 80s okay, and, and okay. so on. But my real love of it um, sort of developed later on when I was a bit older, when I was, I suppose, sort of university age. So, my friend, my friend, Anshman, who we, as I say, here today, and Andy and I came to the, to, to the test with, the very first time I met him, <laughs> I wasn't at university with him. But I knew him through a friend of mine at university, my my, my best man, and um, and the first time I ever met him, he came to our house in in, in Birmingham where we where I was studying, and I uh, I opened the door and he said, "Where's your radio?" <laughs> because it was the middle of a test match. Right. Uh, wh- wh- "Where's your radio?" Not "Hello, I'm Anschuman" or anything like. Wh- "Where's your radio?" And uh, and he went off to, to to tune into it, and it was a, it was that sort of. I think it was around. It was around. It was, I mean, it was the early 90s and it wasn't it wasn't that extraordinary Dominic Cork uh, oh, okay. innings or anything it was just oh, before right. that but I think around that time sort of starting to get to know him and uh, uh, and uh, our, our friends who we come to the cricket regularly with um, that's when it started to kind of uh, Right when the light it went on me. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah, so yeah definitely I mean, A Late
0: developer A Late developer Yeah, like, yeah. Isn't, yeah. That, isn't that fascinating though because yeah. there's, there's been so much uh, we did it yesterday talking about you know getting people into cricket so much going on you know with with, with numbers declining and yeah. participating yeah. and so on that actually here's you and it, it, it took just listening to the radio really it didn't take some huge incentive multi-million pound thing no. to, to get you doing it was just listening to it and getting into it yeah
1: and and also of course at that time you could watch it as yes, well in, in, sure. in, in a way and that and that this is a it's all it's a cliche now isn't it we all know it that the fact that it has disappeared from free-to-view yeah. uh, TV is is a big part of the decline in the in in, sure. in the audience. But however, hasn't it been a fantastic summer to have so much on the BBC, just on the yes. on, on the TV? It's it has made fantastic. a difference. People, yeah.
0: things like the hundred. Did you, had you been to a hundred game, way Yeah, yeah. Right. So
1: we came to a hundred game with the with the family. Uh, we went to Lords and watched uh, the two London uh, games. The one that w- that was um, two London teams. The one that was. Uh, rained off the men's oh, rained off yes. but that's fine we were mainly there for the women and uh, which 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 we did see um uh, yeah, and it was great, and there were lots of kids and stuff. I do wonder, you know, when everyone was going, it's great, there's loads of kids coming, I did find myself going, are these kids who would not otherwise have been coming? Because whenever they were interviewed on the TV, they're going, go, yeah, yeah, you know, I play for a local <laughs> club, and, yeah, okay, so you're already you're you're into already the game. Into yes. game. It's,
0: it's been tempting when they've shown pictures of little kids here at the Test Matches to go on and say, yeah, kids do come to Test Matches yeah, as well, you do, know, and yeah. because it is it is there, but, but it has been... Clearly focused very much on trying to get m- new new people. Which to is, come. Which and, and the atmosphere was, was good. And, and you said you went for the women's game. Actually, we did, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so we, you've really taken to the women's game.
1: Well, yeah, I mean we've we've been watching like as a family. We've been kind of going to see the Southern Vipers for a few years. Right. So my my father-in-law also here today um, uh, is a, a Hampshire man, uh, and uh, in fact he had trials for Hampshire and. Um, he you know he he sort of started to take us take the kids down to to watch that and and we'd go to the we go to the now Aegeus Bowl um and watching you know, there'd be 30 other people yes. in there so it's been thrilling actually during the 100 to see big big crowds yeah. for for the women's game i do hope that next year with the 100 which i'm still have very mixed feelings about but i i do hope that that they i know they're talking about keeping the double headers i hope they flip they flip a few of them oh. at least, you know, oh, so right. that, so that the, the men are playing men go at three first. o'clock and the women yeah. are playing, you know, after work when people can come and see. Wouldn't it. that be interesting? Yeah, I think it would be worth a go.
0: Yeah. Uh, what is it about the women's game then that clearly attracts you to it?
1: Well, I mean, I, I really like. Uh, one of the things that I love about the women's game is the pure joy of it. Like, I, there's no cricketer I'd rather watch than Tammy Beaumont. Right. Because... Well, she can play. She can absolutely, <laughs> she, absolutely. play, but, but, but you're watching somebody who is, who is as thrilled as they could possibly be with their, with their life. And when, she, when she's at the crease, there's clearly nowhere that she'd rather be in the world. They're having the best time. Um, and I, don't, I think you do often get that in the men's game, but not, not sort of to the same to the same degree and i think there's sort of there's a kind of there's a passion behind the women's game um that uh it's not that it's missing from the men's but it's just so evident and i think that's that's wonderful i've always liked one of the things i've always liked about women's sport when um i, I, I sort of thought about this first really not that long ago when 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 uh, the when london hosted the olympics and on the BBC red button, you could see everything that you wanted to see. Mm. That when you were watching, if you compared, you know, you watched uh, men's volleyball and then you watched women's volleyball, you were watching, when you were watching the women's game, you were watching a much more elegant, thoughtful, skill-based, it seemed, ver- from, a, from an outsider's point of view, version of the game, because the men's has so much sort of power and, and shoving yes. about it, whereas the women's, because, because they are less physically powerful, there's more in the way of, um, you know, thoughtful skill. Finesse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, finesse, yeah. exactly. I'm not that with tennis, actually. I'd, I'd, right. I'd
0: much rather sit down and watch a women's
1: tennis match than a men's, because men's, bang,
0: bangs. So yeah. bang, so yeah. I, and, But yeah, I just think a, a classy women's actually has got much much more interest to it for me.
1: Absolutely. Mm. But isn't it interesting that that's why, that's why Federer is such, a, is such a popular player, because he, he he's not that kind of He's not from that era of Sam Press and Agassiz and that just kind of ace, ace, ace thing. It's somebody who's, oh, great, he's going to go to the net and we're going to see something. Yeah, Yeah. he's a craftsman. Chris
0: Addison's our guest here at lunch on the third day. Uh, of this test match, the floodlights are so on, which is disappointing, yeah. but uh, the play will be getting underway here in about uh, 10, 15 minutes or so from now. 108 for one is the score, so just that one wicket taken by England uh, this morning. It was Rahul who was caught behind, a bit of controversy about it, but it's caught behind after he and Sharma had added 60 uh, as open, so he was out for 46. So the situation is that India are just in the lead by 9 Run. So taking our view from the boundary, lots of cricket talk, but come on, the thick of it. I've, got, <laughs> I've, I've, just, got to, I've just got to talk to you about the okay. that. It's an extraordinary programme. As I said on here yesterday, I, there was a, a former prime minister here yesterday tucked away up there under a baseball right. cap. Uh, and I said you were coming on actually. And I said, come on, how, how accurate is the thick of it to of political life and, and how much it's clearly complete parody. And he said, these days, it's a documentary. <laughs> so that was a great line um, from someone perhaps looking a little cynically now yeah. at, 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 how, at, at, at politics he's now out of it. But, I mean... Gosh, if that if that really is a documentary on what politics is well, like now, we're all in trouble.
1: I wonder if it is. I I, I think it's less a documentary and more a kind of a sort of picture of a of a rosier, happier former time. Because yeah. the, le- the level of the happier, it's all relative. The level of of uh, of competence in, in government now does seem to have sort of uh, dropped since yes. since the days of the thick of it. There was there was. I mean, you know, when we were making that show. Constantly, people would be getting in touch with Armando and saying, "How did you know?" You know, we would make stuff up, and then it would it would happen, or or we'd be told it ha- it had happened. You know, I can remember, for example, um, there's a se- the very very first episode. There's a scene where my character Ollie and Hugh and Glenn are in the back of a. Uh, a ministerial limo they're on their way to an announcement they have to announce something but they've just been told by Malcolm Tucker that they can't announce what they I, want I to do. I'll just watch that
0: again another night <laughs>
1: right, okay. and they're desperately trying to think of something and we've sort of improvised these ideas in the, in the back of the car and I'm, I said what about a national spare room database that happened that happened, happened. after, you know, a few years later, that happened. And James says, uh, what if everybody in the country had to carry a plastic bag? Well, no, you fundamentally do have to do that. Like, these things have all sort of happened. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I can remember one government minister from the, lab, the, sort of the new Labour government, which was still in uh, when we were first making the show, contacting Armando and saying, I've been in the back of that car. I've been there you've been there and to that make moment. a thing. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because
0: that's the extraordinary thing about it I mean just but sort of the anger in it as well I've, I've yeah. sat there and watched I thought how do you get yourselves how does Malcolm Tucker who I've never met obviously yes, he's probably man. a very nice quiet chap is yeah, wonderful man how does he transform himself into this sort of raging monster and the language, and, the, <laughs> um, and, and you stand there and you take it, but you all seem to be angry at times. I mean, do, do you literally have to sort of count yourself into just going from normal normal people into these, well, I don't know, you're sort of raging in some you know, cases.
1: Surprisingly, there's little in the way of working it up. I can remember very clearly one time with Peter Capaldi, who played Malcolm Tucker, who is an amazing, lovely human being, to yeah. whom I owe a great deal, actually, uh, but... I was walking, we'd finished lunch, we'd been on the dining bus, we'd had a lovely lunch and we'd, we'd spent it sort of chatting and we were going back up to start filming a scene in which Malcolm comes across Ollie in a, a toilet and sort of threatens him to make him do something. And I can remember um, just... We, we walked up these stairs. We carried on chatting. The sound people came along and checked our mics. We carried on chatting. The makeup came along and just touched up our makeup, and we just carried on chatting. And then somebody went action, and he screamed in my face, <laughs> and I was so shocked because it, it, he, on, a, on a sixpence he, he turned from lovely Peter, my friend, yes. into appalling Malcolm. And he Tucker. said some dreadful things, not just to you, but to people generally. I mean, some of the lines yeah. he was given to say to people. Yeah. Well, um, we, you had to have quite a thick skin because it became <laughs> it became very personal very I quickly must have done. yeah I can remember having a we had a, a table read which is where before you shoot a, an episode of something often enough uh, you as a cast and, and with the producer and, and director and writers you'll sit around and read the script out loud as though it was sort of a radio play to just to get get a sense because the only time that it'll ever be performed as a as a piece you know and so that they can get a sense of what they might want to rewrite. Anyway. We were doing one of those with David Haig, who was getting very brilliant, brilliant actor, writer, wonderful man, who came along and played a character in, I think, the third season. And, uh... And there were, it was full, it was the first time he'd met any of us, it was full of uh, little insults about him calling him a Lego man and, you know, he's got a porn star moustache and all of these sorts of things. And I remember we got to the end of the episode and everybody, and uh, Armando said, yes, we should probably have warned you about that. <laughs> <laughs> it just became, it was so brutal for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, and still, you know, to this day on Twitter, uh, I, would, I would think every three days or so, I get somebody quoting a, a Malcolm Tucker a insult at me. <laughs> and,
0: and was he Alistair Campbell? I mean, were you putting names to the, to the, to the characters? Well,
1: the way that Armando always talked about it, and I think this is a good way, uh, is that he was saying it, it, Tucker really represented the culture of that time and of those people, of the Mandelsons and the Campbells yes. and so on. Peter Capaldi himself, in terms of how he put that character together, always says that he said, "Well, I've never met Alastair Campbell, so I don't know." He said, "I am, um, I." For, he said, for, for me, I just based him on Hollywood agents that I know. <laughs> right. Which I was, oh, it sort of makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: And it does live on, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's it it's not one that, that you know, drifts off in, in, into its own little time warp. I mean, no. it, it does. Anyone who hasn't seen it, yeah, uh, it is, it is, it is pretty special. No, I tried to find Veep today. You better tell me about that because I was got a bit confused where I could
1: watch it. Okay, I um, think you can get it on Sky in this country, right. or, Rather than well, I think if you have Sky, but. so that's a sort of an American an, an American version. Yeah." So after we made, so uh, as you uh, um, mentioned at the, at the beginning, we made a film from the, the Thick of It team made a film uh, called In the Loop that sort of had. Which I, seen. Of, I, should, I should watch that. You'll enjoy if you like in, if you like the Thick of It, you'll right, like In the Loop. I it. okay. um, and it's got you know, and it's about it's a it's sort of about uh, it's like the Iraq War. It's about like the decision to go to, to, to war in Iraq. Uh, it's sort of satirising that, and it has American, fabulous American cast, including the wonderful late James Gandolfini, um, Mimi Kennedy, all sorts of wonderful people, David Rashi, and it, and uh, after that, there's um, Tucker in it, by the way. He's Tucker like, is in it. Yeah, yeah, good, Tucker's okay. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tucker's in it. <laughs> and um, uh, HBO in the in the states were interested in making a, a, a political show uh, at the time, and and I think that sort of brought Armando to their attention a, a little bit. Um, uh, as the th- the thick of it was already out in the states and had been doing okay, sort of amongst people who know kind of thing, and so eventually, so with HBO, he made a show uh, based in Washington politics in the in the office of the vice president, Selina Meyer, played by the wonderful Julia Louis Dreyfus, who is you know such a huge star from Seinfeld mm. and so on. Um, and but basically it's the same writing team it's it's all brits writing it right. and to begin with it was all brits kind of directing we sort of we For wrote an American it here. audience. So. yeah yeah right. yeah so there was a lot of there was an awful lot of um uh, what do i say you know were, we would put things in scripts and they would go we would never say that quite often <laughs> I, I ended up with a sort of shorthand with julia because i i directed quite a lot of it uh, where she would go she put a thing in the script and go, "This is a bit too," <laughs> and I go, "You want it a bit more." <laughs> She'd go, yeah, that's, that's it. Do they ever <laughs> say we would never laugh at that? Because I, mean, I, I, oh. I'm not very good at American
0: humour. If I'm honest with it, um, I, I can't quite make the change. But do, do, do they find? Are humour funny?
1: Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they, you know, they're all big. They're all big Python fans, and they love right. like The Office was huge over there. Um, the, there are always things that hit quite big. I think in the last couple of years, Fleabag has been a big thing right. over there, and uh, so yeah, they definitely do. They they, they definitely do, and I think. But you know, fundamentally, the the comedy of Thick of It and the comedy of Veep is about <laughs> is about incompetent people under pressure, yes. and that's a fairly universal. And and, and is Veep very similar actually to the Thick of It then. It, it sort of is. I mean, I think of it as its American cousin. It's in the world of politics. Um, it's about it, it's the same kind of scramble to to do damage limitation. Um, but I think the difference is that with the th- with Veep bec- is the the difference with Veep, between Thick of It and Veep is the difference between Westminster politics and Washington politics, which is that the latter is bigger, right. slicker. There's more money, yeah. um, uh, and we sort of had to represent that. If you look at if you look at the Thick of It, it's all you know the grotty rat runs of of British political <laughs> power, you know. Yeah. Whereas the Thick of It is all the big gleaming marble corridors of right. of, of Veep. Sorry, is the big uh, gleaming marble corridors of, yeah. of of DC, you know.
0: Where are we with comedy at the moment? I mean, this, the world sort of... Uh, it's not really doesn't feel a very funny place at the moment, no, does it? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, are you still doing stand-up and things that you're, or you, as you're moved on from there? But if you... if, or Are
1: you doing it? Well, I, I I don't... I haven't done stand-up for, for a while. Weirdly enough, I guess, since you ask, uh, uh, Zaltzman and I are doing a thing together on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> F- yeah, we are, yeah. Andy's, I didn't know that. And Andy's, uh, Andy's much-beloved, long-running, satirical podcast, The Bugle. I'm, I'm get, we're doing a live version of that um, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing on that. So I do little things like that. Okay. Um, is it hard to be funny at the moment? I mean, is it, is it challenging to make people
0: laugh at the moment? And is, is anything about what's happening at the moment ever going to be considered to be funny, do you think?
1: I, I think with, with, with time, most things, and you end up finding a, a funny angle to most things with time. But But I think that what comedy people... What comedy is is attractive to people changes depending on the on on how things are. So in the boom years, people quite like uh, cynical, yes. uh, uh, you know, um, uh, quite bleak comedy. Um, in difficult times like this, people much prefer something warm and fun and 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 less challenging and and so on. And I think those it just it's peaks and troughs. It just it just it's a cycle really. Yes,
0: and does it take to one person to? To kick it off if you like this, this whole thing as being a, a subject that's okay to to, 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 to yeah to tackle
1: well i do you know it's interesting because I, I noticed a, a trailer on the tv the other day for a drama about it and i i was thinking and really good people in the drama made by really good people and i was thinking oh i don't want to i don't want to see a drama about covid i you know we're in the yeah. middle of it still I, I, I it's definitely not something i want to do but i think there's it's like Brexit at some point there's a really funny comedy to be made about that and it might not be the thing that we're imagining it is like it, it might be about like I think probably the comedy about Brexit is going to be about the negotiations about what that was like something thick of it like about those negotiations that's the funny the, yes. the funny bit and what the what the what will eventually be a comedy about this this time I mean, I, I don't know where that comes from. It's hard to see at this point, isn't yeah. it? It's hard to imagine laughing at this. At this it's hard
0: to imagine the Ashes. I mean, as a cricket know, lover, let's get back right. to cricket again before the players come out. I mean, what what's, what are your thoughts on, on that and and the role that sport is playing and 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 the Ashes and the families and all these things that are going on at yeah. the moment for England's cricketers. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I think sport is is massively important. Just just. From a point of view of sanity. In fact, you know what? This is a really lovely opportunity for me to thank you and your entire team. In fact, um, because you saved my sanity last year. The 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 cricket, the TMS, and the, and the cricket last year. Even, you know, behind closed doors, all oh, the yes. bubbling that you had to do. But but having you there for for that amount of time sounding like some version of normality just it was so i can't stress how kind of important that was well that's interesting that
0: because it was an it was an odd thing doing it because obviously there was there was no crowd there was no the sound effect was just a sound effects real going right you could hear the same woman laughing every 3 <laughs> yeah, oh, seconds yeah. or it was oh if you
1: noticed that that's horrific isn't <laughs> yeah, it it's like we, a chinese water torture
0: it. it was you knew when she was coming but, it's so, <laughs> but it so but it yeah i get it, it's quite reassuring that it actually did, did, did serve a purpose and oh, so totally. so for the ashes then this winter again, you know that's, that puts England's players really under the spotlight, doesn't yeah. it? About where they go, whether they go with their families, if they can't take their families, do they go,
1: and so on. That's that's really quite a big issue. I sort of feel like, obviously, like all cricket fans, I want to see the Ashes. That's a thing that I really want to see. However, I also feel like what these people have done for us and been through in the last 18 months is huge, and, and I, I and I I would want to guard their their. Well-being and their mental health yes. ahead of every ahead of everything else. If the if families can't go, I just don't think it's fair to ask anybody to go. Re- yeah, yeah. Realistically, do you give England any chance over there? What do you think? Oh, I've, I never give England any chance in Australia. Do you? I've only seen them win once. Yeah, I've been there a few times. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I just it was don't a great it. moment. It was the best.
0: The best ever. I can imagine. To see you and win the Ashes in Australia. Yeah. special.
1: And it would would be a dream come true. But the likelihood? I don't know, I guess.
0: Richard MacDonald emails. In response to today's View from the Boundary, I played puttocks in the 1970s at Sunday school summer camp as an excellent way to involve all participants, irrespective of ability. I've attached a set of rules. Yeah. As you can see, a hard ball is clearly to be avoided and therefore to be more appropriate
1: for those of a nervous physical disposition. Does that,
0: does that sum me up?
1: This, this sounds right. Although I would say that probably not a foam ball that can get whipped away in the wind, as, uh, as we occasionally
0: hear. Here's hate. the rule. So this game can be played in any suitable open area or a sports hall with an arbitrary number of players. You can it's see how useful. important this is. And well, and <laughs> uh, <Yep. The> Equipment <laughs> is a light ball suitable for tennis or volleyball. Or the nervous. Yeah. Uh, a rounder's a bat, rounders which is bat. optional. Uh, the wicket is a cricket or a bucket, yeah, or anything of convenient size. And it's got A and B there. Doesn't quite and the two crosses.
1: Can, can you remember what they all are? Uh, I, I think that's. Uh, I can't remember. I think my brain will not allow me okay. to remember too many of the.
0: I don't think it's a very demanding game. The bowler bowls underarm, yeah, trying to hit the wicket from position A. Yeah, the batter defends the wicket at position B using his fist
1: his forearm, or his bat. The w- forearm. The one thing I remember about it is that you had to run whether you hit the ball or not, because if you waited for one of these idiots to hit the ball... There you go. He's played the ball. He has to run round the bases, marked X, those two bases there, and defend the
0: wicket, irrespective. Oh, so you haven't made there, the, the bowler throws the ball again, yeah. and if you're not there, you've still got to try and hit it. Yeah. It was wildly humiliating. We could, and, uh... this, could be, this could be the Ashes or
1: something, couldn't <laughs> it? I mean, this, this could be the, the formation of something really, really special. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm going to have to have therapy now. Well, it's brought back too many... You've introduced me to a new game, though,
0: Chris. And it's been lovely to have <laughs> met you. And You've introduced me to a new film and I'm going to go and watch as well. Tonight, if I've got nothing else, I'm going to go watch it, watch the film of it. Thanks for coming on and being a lovely guest. It's a pleasure. Thank and I'm you glad that it's me. a special day for you to come, which, yeah. is, which is lovely. It's
1: an honour. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. You have to get this out of the way, right? Oh, yeah. Are you happy to deal with it? I think it's good that we bring this elephant into the room. Don't let life get in the way of your favourite podcast. Just connect your smartphone to your car stereo via Bluetooth or cable, and you'll never be left on a cliffhanger again. I've never seen one of your programmes. I don't feel shocked, but I feel like I should be shocked. (laughs) Music, radio, podcasts. Listen to the BBC Sounds app everywhere you go.